0: Hi everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 181. In this episode, we talk about HubSpot tasks and having a mindset of openness. You're listening to HubShot's, the podcast for marketing managers and sales professionals who use HubSpot. It's hosted by myself, Ian Jacob from Searching Be Found and Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig?
1: Look pretty good and uh, another interesting night ahead.
0: So let's start with our
1: growth thought of the week, Craig. Look, this really is HubSpot's moat widening. We chatted about this last week, didn't we, or or an episode or two ago. Their moat that they've got through their training and, well, it's a trifecta, isn't it? Product usability, which is great, customer support, and then learning and training around it. Then, well, here's another example, isn't it?
0: That's right. And this is a 15-part video crash course, they call it. And what's interesting, it says bringing chat, Facebook Messenger, and bots into your inbound strategy for the first time. And it's how to be really good at marketing in 2020. So I'd encourage you, I've I've just watched one or two of them, but I encourage everybody actually do take the time to do this because I think from all the times that we've spoken on this podcast about how people are buying and what's happening, I think this is a very clear indication of the channels we need to be focusing on Coming into 2020.
1: I think that's exactly right. And coming up in shot six, we're actually going to be talking about mindset and having this open mindset to learning because marketing is changing so much. So here's a good example jump on board. That's right. All right. HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig? Well, this it's not really a feature, but it's an improvement. So this is when you're in your HubSpot designer and you're working on a custom module. We talked about this back in episode 152, something like that. It was a while ago how you change the, a name of a variable or perhaps a custom module, and you think, oh, it's just changing a name. It's a label, right? But no, a whole lot of things broke. Well, we lamented at the time that there was no <laughs> indication that was the case. But just noticed today, because I was changing something, uh, it wasn't actually used anywhere because I was just creating it new. But then when I did change the name, it prompted up and we got a, a screenshot in the show notes where it just warns you. It says, hang on, this might have a whole bunch of dependencies. You want to check these? And it actually makes you check a box saying, yeah, I confirm there's going to be no problem before it actually continues to rename it. And it's good, you know. It's kind of saving you from yourself. Obviously, we would like it so that it would go and update those dependencies for you. But it's not Visual Studio yet, but it's getting there. But this is a a good protection mechanism. So that's why I'm putting it in feature of the week because – Even though it's not a feature as such, as in a new feature, it's a protection that will save you time. Don't fall into the problems that we learned the hard way, or you especially learned the hard way at the time. That's right.
0: On a live site,
1: that was rather nerve wracking. And you know what? I just wonder, this is going to save support so much of (laughs) time. I think that's right. You know what? I I think sometimes uh, their product enhancements are often just prompted by support saying, man, we're getting too many tickets about this. Can you fix this?
0: And- Two turkeys on a show talking about it. <laughs> All right, now Craig, we're looking forward to something coming up, and uh, that's the contact sidebar where we can actually rearrange and put what we yeah,
1: customize. Well, yeah, we we've always been able to put the fields where we want, but now we can put them into groups. Correct. So that's going to be good. So basically, having these uh, contact properties groups, I'm looking forward to that, but we don't have it yet. And that's on
0: Marketing Enterprise, is it?
1: Pro and enterprise. So there's yep. different things between pro and enterprise. Thanks, Laura from HubSpot for uh, helping me out on that. But even with pro, you'll be able to customize it. And so what we're talking about here is basically grouping together fields and moving them into little sections. So I think it'll be nice. Something to look forward to. Well, yeah, because they've got a knowledge base about it. They've got a blog post. They emailed me about it. Do I have it in my portal? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite on the beta group for that yet.
0: Uh, all right. I'll oh, HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And I'm going to highlight using TASP and the importance of it to be used on contacts, deals, tickets, companies, right? Why I'm saying this, I had a call during the week and I got the call. I was like, oh, I'm trying to send this person an email. I need to be logged against that contact because I need them to sort out this ticket. And my question was, why are we sending emails around? to tell people what to do in tickets. And so I said, we need to be using the task feature that's within there. So they wanted to inform somebody within the team that they need to look after this support ticket and possibly somebody was owning the ticket, but they needed somebody else within the team to do something. So I said, why don't you actually create a task in the ticket, assign to that person, set the email notifications. This is one of the criteria. How do I know that they know that they've got a task because they don't log into HubSpot all the time? To which I said, you can set an email reminder at a particular date and time to remind that person that there is a task against their name in HubSpot. And the benefit of this is you can actually know that the person's done something about it and then follow up with what needs to happen. Now, Obviously, if you've got professional with workflows, if something's not attended to within a certain period, you could possibly run a workflow to check and maybe notify somebody within the organization, which I haven't done. But just trying to highlight to you, use the tools within the systems and even use what seems like a very simplistic tool like TAS to get stuff done.
1: Well, there's a whole bunch of options there, right? So you can actually check for, you could run workflows based on last activity dates and things like that. And workflows can create tasks. So you can do all of those kinds of things. There is a lot of power there you could put in place if you wanted. That might be overkill. But I think what you're saying, just this general item, like whenever I create a deal and it prompts, would you like a task to remind, I always say yes, because I forget about them. I I put the deal in. I've actually then got to remember to go back. Now I'm actually like, well, a lot of users, I don't log into HubSpot to check out my tasks. So I do rely on that email notification coming out to me. You're quite right. But I just actually. leave it to HubSpot. i have go, yeah, it'll, HubSpot will remind me when I've got to follow up that deal. So it's one less thing that's, you know, clogging up my brain. Here's
0: a little bonus tip. There is, if you're in workflows, there is a contact re-engagement task recipe already set up in workflows that you can actually enable that if there's been no activity on that contact within the last three days, it can set you a
1: task to actually do something. There you go. All right, Craig, what's the gotcha of the week? I'm very pleased to say this is a gotcha-free episode. And I was racking my brain because I, I, like, I don't like to let the listeners down, you know. <laughs> I always try and have a gotcha. I just you know what? You were having a lot of fun with HubDB. And I thought you'll find something in there. Oh, HubDB is so good. The number of custom modules we're now like our new site, which uh, is available if people want to go and find it, although we're not actually promoting it yet because it's still got a few things to be fleshed out. But so much of our new site is running on HubDB and Hubble. Just so much stuff like Teams, all our, all our products, services, all our certifications, everything in there, and client testimonials, badges throughout the site. They're all randomized. Yeah, HubDB, it's so good. I just, yeah, I'm really enjoying HubDB and Hubble. So, yeah, listeners, go have a look at
0: Craig's site, zen.com.au. XCN. Well, it's the dub
1: www. www. Yeah, if XCN. they go to zen.com, they our long standing WordPress one, which has been there through millennia now. <laughs> but our HubSpot one, yeah, is the dub dub dub. I'm still frustrated that you can't get a, a clean URL on HubSpot. I know there's all kinds of technical reasons, but I just want to be. Without the dub dub dub, right? Gotcha. At the moment, you, Well, you can redirect it. They do they actually. I should take that back. You can. You can, you can redirect. You can put correct. a redirect in, but I want the URL in my browser. Yep. To be clean. Yeah. Actually,
0: you know what's interesting? Uh, talking about clean URLs in browsers, I've noticed in Chrome now when you actually look at the URL when it actually goes to the site. It doesn't show www in there. It just shows zen.com. Well, it doesn't radio, show but if you anything. To, if you go to copy it, you'll see it'll actually say www.
1: Yeah, and actually the thing that I do like, and they, I don't think they had this originally, but so you've just got that clean or truncated thing yep. in the address bar. Let's say you put your cursor into the URL, yes. then it pre-fills it, but it yes. keeps your cursor where it should be, which I like which it didn't used to do. It used to go, oh, I've lost my place and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. Even little things like that. Thank you, Chrome. That's something I would expect from Apple. Yes. But Google's got it in Chrome. That's very nice. So, I'm totally off track on this. Thank you to the Chrome product well, team. What are we saying? Gotcha of the week. There's no Gotcha of the week. In fact, we've just turned it into a praise fest <laughs> for Hubble and HubDB. All right, Craig, on to our marketing tip of the week. This is a global
0: marketing day, so if you go to globalmarketingday.com, dot com this is run
1: by SEM rush yes, uh, they're putting it all together and well the I guess you could go and enjoy that as I think it's on tomorrow actually, or by the time you've listened to this episode it'll be long gone, but that's not the reason it's in the show notes because what I was when I was registering for it, did you see this you you fill out your form, they ask for your phone number by the way to attend. An online webinar, which I find quite- Because <laughs> they want to SMS you, Craig, to make sure you don't miss the start. <laughs> wow. Is, is that what it is? Well, anyway, I, I, I felt they were a bit bit officious with the fields they're asking. But then at the bottom, here's the one that got me. And it's-
0: Was that pre-filled that you had to uncheck? or No,
1: You no, it wasn't. You, okay, you, you actually explicitly... do have to opt in. So, yep. at least they had that. But it's just, I agreed to receive third-party offers. Like- it's a long time since I've seen this one signing up for something. They're going to sell my emails off to all That's the other right. people. That's right. Let me read what it says. Okay. By selecting this checkbox,
0: you authorize SEMrush to share your personal data with SEMrush partners for marketing purposes under the indicated forms,
1: terms, sorry. Yeah. So this is basically, oh, tick the opt-in to get spammed. Like, <laughs> I know, I know there's co- co- I, I co-marketing, <laughs> but then there's... This is, but I will say the good thing about it, and this is why it is in marketing tip of the week, is it's optional. Yes. And so if you're going to put this kind of thing in your forms, especially if you're doing co-marketing and you've got to do it right and abide by it, well, it's getting increasingly privacy rules and things like that, not just GDPR, but anyway, make sure it's opt-in, make sure it's off by default, and also make sure it's clearly marked. So I will give SEMrush I guess points, the for, points for the fact that it was clearly marked. It wasn't yes. sneakily put in, but really? Is that what we've come to? <laughs> Sign up for some online training and I've got to give them my phone number plus potentially opt in. Oh, and, well.
0: your, and your first child too, Craig. Uh, oh, that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Craig, on to inside of the week. Having a mindset of openness. You know, we were chatting about this before the show with like, oh, what we talk about as we munch down on our burgers from the orchard? Hey, that was the new burger place in Chatswood, by the <laughs> way. So, What was your rating of the, the burgers at the orchard here?
0: Oh, I don't know. I'll give it a five, Craig.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a patch on Burger Patch. It was no. a burger patch in Chatswood. That's the place for burgers. Yep, go the extra. That's right. Yeah. Hey, by the way, this one's for you, Matt. Looking forward to that next catch up. Anyway, back to the point. <laughs> Openness, so we're chatting about this as we're eating dinner uh, before the show, uh, chatting about mindset, and this topic came up, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And
0: I wanted to highlight this because I have conversations with people every day about trying new things. One of the things over time that I have learned is to have set aside some budget to actually test and experiment. So our usual thing is we'd have about we'd work up to about a 20 percent budget to experiment with new stuff.
1: Oh, wow, 20%. That's actually high.
0: I it's high. Said, I would have said Correct. 10%, yeah. So, that's that's something I'm gearing up. I'm not saying that we're at 20%, but that's the place I'd like to be. And what it showed me is that people have preconceived ideas about things, even if they haven't tried it. And because, you know, I spoke to Craig and he said this, and i have to do this and I'm forgetting about Facebook. That's rubbish, you know. Like, who would use Facebook? Yeah, is honestly? that a
1: typical response you get? People just don't, they're just not open to using Facebook. Correct. Don't want to use Facebook. Like, who who's going to be on there?
0: Tell me. So, I was really, not that I was struggling with this, but I basically demonstrated to somebody, look, we're generating leads for another business that is very in a similar space to yours. And I think I get 10 times more leads out of Facebook as opposed to Google, Right. And I thought, if that's happening right next door to you, what does it mean for the same people that are in, the, in your market space, in your area, would I not be able to do much the same? And I said, I'm not guaranteeing you anything, but I think we've got to test and measure this. And then they were like, oh, okay. All right, let's give it a go. We had to get to have that conversation, right? And I thought, this is quite... This is quite interesting because as the world transforms and changes so rapidly and we go through exponential growth, things change, laws change, the way we do things change. Are we actually open to testing new ideas and are we actually opening our minds to try new things? Are we willing to say yes to, to give it a go or are we just going to keep saying no to stuff?
1: I think this is such a good point, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say two things. One is I'm gonna first of all talk about where I've had success, and I am good at this, and you know potentially almost humble brag about results. But then the second point, I'm actually going to talk about. This is actually a lesson for me because I have these closed mindedness to things that you know I'm well. I'm not open to. Here I am criticizing or getting frustrated with clients because they won't test stuff that I'm suggesting, but I find myself I don't. So, first of all, I'll tell you this, some of the great success. As you know, Facebook's been so good for us and even even today. Um, I know. I love those lead ads. <laughs> lead ads and things. Well, I, one of my wife's sites, you know the results. I get more than 2,000 leads a month Correct. for her, right? This is all on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, right? It's just such a, a killer channel and I keep saying this, so we definitely get results and that's why I'm so open to it, right? And then we say it to clients and they're exactly like you. They're oh, no, no, our, our clients aren't on Facebook, they're on LinkedIn, right? And we're going, well, have you tested that? Have you actually tested that? Or is it just biases? So this is the problem. We all have our own biases. So that's the first point. My second point, you know what my biases are? I'm actually biased against anything that I'm not suggesting to clients. So one of the things I'm actually trying to embrace now and be more open to is LinkedIn, because I haven't had much success in the past and I have tested and measured and yet it keeps coming up. People say LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't work for it. I'm actually reading books now on it and I'm doing courses because I really want to try it. Some some people are getting it to work. And I am just going to continue testing and trying to get it work. But let's let's talk about some of the other examples. Like Google versus Bing. Do you find this? Yeah, I'll go. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, we're going to be on Google Ads, but oh, have you tried Bing Ads? Oh, no, no one there. I'm like, well, have you actually tested that? Is that based on just your opinion and cognitive bias, or have you actually got data to back that up? Yes. That's often it's just emotional. Or, and we find this sometimes with marketing managers, no, the boss said that's not where they are. I'm like the boss, what's he, has he done <laughs> testing? That's your job. You should be doing the testing. You should be telling your boss what's working and providing data up rather than kind of ill-informed judgment coming down. However, when a client says, no, we're not going to do that. We tested it and it didn't work. And I see the data and that didn't work. I'm like, great. That's great. They tried it. So I think this all comes back to this whole approach. Be open to it. If you're going to reject it, make sure you're rejecting it based on data.
0: Correct. And I'd I'd say... Make sure, like I know for you, for both of us, we tried uh, lead ads in Facebook a while back. Then it kind of stopped working and we stopped doing it. And we're both going back to it now because they're generating lots of, it's, it's working, right? And again, did you know Google's now trying it?
1: I've just, I just did You're my showing first me this. So I was going, oh my goodness, I want to try this. Yeah, So they go in Google ads.
0: They're just rolling out the equivalent of a lead ad on Facebook. They're rolling it onto Google. So people never leave Google. It's that whole experience of, oh, I've seen that. I can inquire right now and I can continue browsing away. I think
1: they're going to convert really well and especially on mobile, of course. Correct. However, what you'll also see on Google, this is what I'm really interested to see, is people will do the lead ads, but they'll be on a search result and they'll just go, oh, lead ad, lead ad, lead ad. So, they're probably submitting four of the lead ads. So, I think you'll get the leads a lot quicker. But, of course, you'll be competing with more people rather than if they came to your side for out form, et cetera. So we will be very interested to see what you're testing out. Now, you holds.
0: know what's really interesting? I've also been testing out the messaging feature within Google Ads. So the ability the for someone to click it opens up a message and then sends the message to you. Does
1: that go via your Google My Business? Is that the way? The no. One?
0: So this is directly from the ad. It doesn't go via
1: Google My Business. So what's the, how does the message come in?
0: I think it generates, a, it generates the SMS, right. and then when you click send, it sends it to the number or it sends it to a- Right, yeah. That's how it happens. I haven't had a lot of success with that, but again, I'm testing and measuring in different markets to see whether people are taking that up. It could vary from, from market to market.
1: See, the difference, I think, between these lead ads versus Facebook is going to be the intent. So if you get a lead ad and you get someone fill it out on Google, I reckon they're high intent and I think your time to respond is going it's to be very critical. so important. Yes. Because at least on Facebook, you do a lead ad, normally it's for an asset. You don't have to respond quickly. They just get it via automation. I think there's going to be a different mentality or a different approach required. You know very what? That's absolutely right, Craig. Yeah, would be interesting to see how these pan out.
0: Anyway, we'll let you know, guys, as as we
1: test and measure. We'll let you know how we're going. All right. Well, look, let's just finish. I'll give you a few examples. Here's common uh, conversations that I get from my clients. See if you get these. They say, we want to be on LinkedIn. Our audience is not on Facebook. So that's one. Yep. Another is we want to be on Google ads, not on Bing. We're not even, they just dismiss Bing outright. Uh, And the other one is they'll go, oh, we want to be on Instagram, but they'll dismiss Twitter. So in all of those cases, probably the former, you'll have no problems convincing people do, but the latter ones, you won't. So I would definitely say consider Facebook, consider Bing ads and consider Twitter as well. We're pushing back into Twitter. I know I've said this many times on the show, but yeah.
0: Oh, and here's a bonus, I think. What about YouTube? People think that to be on YouTube, you need to actually run video ads, but you actually don't need to run video ads to be on YouTube. So there's another option to actually another channel to test to get in front of your potential audience. All
1: right, Craig, app of the week. So it's not really app of the week, is it? It's function of the week. It's function of the week. Plus, it's only on iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Just alienating our listeners right there. That's right. Well, you know what? I I was talking to a bunch of
0: people. Actually, it was to my Connect group at at, uh, my business Connect group at church. And I was talking about what were we talking about? I think we're talking about growth or something along that nature. But it came down to how distracted are we as, as, individuals get bombarded by more and more things and have more and more things to do. How do we stay focused on what we're doing? And one of the things I actually highlighted to them was turning off your notifications on your phone. So when the first thing you get up in the morning, you don't look at your phone and start going through your emails. And one thing I was, I've been using for a while now on an iPhone in the clock app, there is a bedtime feature. So you basically say, look, I want eight hours of sleep and I want to get up at this time. So, it calculates back and says, okay, you need to go to bed at this. So, for me, because I get up quite early to go. I can't believe how early you get up. You get up at a quarter to five every morning. Yeah. So, I try to be in bed by nine o'clock. And so, I can get enough sleep. Because I know that if I don't, I'm going to be wrecked the next morning. And also makes it really hard. So, so I've kind of made that a routine. But actually, what happens is when it it- Aid notifies you that your bedtime's coming up. So it kind of gives you warning this is gonna happen. And then it basically shuts down all notifications. It snoozes everything. And all you see is that all notifications are snoozed. And you don't get anything till the morning until you're awake. And I love it because you know what? It just it's just peace of mind and it's quiet. So
1: look, I think distraction free is a general principle and for marketers, especially when we need to be creative and strategic and things like that. This morning, I had such a good run. I, you know how some days it just all fits together? Like yes. You just, oh, I don't know, everything comes together. You get a good night's sleep. You're really uh, motivated. This morning, I like I came in, put my phone aside. I didn't even check email. I just went in. And I was well. I was doing HubDB and Hubble, Maybe that was part <laughs> of it. Just putting together these custom modules. I was just building and coding and putting together the site. It was so good. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it's lunchtime. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I better check emails, find out who's <laughs> complaining about <this." laughs> I hadn't even been on Slack. My team were like, oh, my. <laughs> tell you what, being distraction-free, you get so much done. It's you amazing. Do. So, yeah, there, that's, that's what I want to highlight. People weren't aware that that was a feature on your phone.
0: All right, on to our resource of the week, and this is blogging tips for beginners from Ahrefs.
1: Yeah, look, I'm not even going to call out any of these. This is just a reminder. I send these to my team as well, saying, oh, here's blogging tips or here's something on keyword research. Just always reminding people to go and check these things out. All right, Craig, quote of the week? A good one. You found, we'll call this a legacy
0: quote. It is. It's from Mark Twain. 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So, sail away from the safe harbour, explore, dream, and discover.
1: There you go. Sail away from the safe harbour of LinkedIn and try Facebook ads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There are some bonus links in the show. So, check that out when you're not driving, running around on the beach. And we'd love you to share this podcast with somebody. And if you can, take 20 seconds to leave us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It would greatly help us. Well, listeners, until next time, Craig, have a good week. Catch you later, Ian.
1: Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.